You're right, Mr. Thatcher. I did lose a million dollars last year. I expect to lose a million dollars this year. I expect to lose a million dollars next year. You know, Mr. Thatcher, at the rate of a million dollars a year, I'll have to close this place in 60 years. Hi, and welcome to a currently unnamed film podcast. I'm Jessica. I'm Hanma. I'm Space. And we have a very special guest to get today, Alex. Hello. I don't think I'm that special, but all right. Oh, That was such a sad introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, we think you're very special, that's why <clears throat> oh, you're thank here. You, thank you. Or maybe being here makes you special. Yes. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. You're our second ever guest. That's true. But, well, we have had... Not because no one wants to be here, uh, obviously. No, um, you, should, you should see our schedule for next time. I have Barack Obama as one of the list. <laughs> but believe it or not, okay? Believe it or not. Okay, this week we watched Citizen Kane as the good film students we are. Um, <laughs> Hanwood, do you want to summarise? I think Space should summarise because it was his choice. I think Alex should summarise because he's our guest. Wait, it was Space's <laughs> choice or it was Hammer's choice? Oh, no, it was mine. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm wow, that's with... actually shocking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, would you like to summarise? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> Space, just start speaking. Okay, okay, okay. Citizen Kane follows the... So there's this big newspaper tycoon called Kane dies... And the last words he utters is Rosebud. And so these reporters go around asking people about his backstory to try and figure out what Rosebud is. And eventually they do. But meanwhile, uncovering a bunch of stuff about how Kane went from a good, noble guy to a not good guy. That's very simplistic reading of this movie. <laughs> what, was, what was your reading of the film? I don't know if it said that he was, like, a not-good guy. I think he was quite objective, if anything. I don't think... He was definitely passing judgment of himself, but I'm not sure the film was passing judgment of him. And I think the fact that, like, Rosebud at the ending and how he says, like, that there's kind of more to this story than this singular word, like, that it's only a piece of a puzzle. Mm. It kind of... I guess it showed that, like, an entirety of a person's life's matters not just like their beginning or end mm. like you need to look at the person as a human being but that was just my reading of the ending i understand it's quite open to interpretation okay i think the film was criticizing kane because kane was based on uh, a real person called haynes Hurst, or something. i think Hurst. Hurst, yeah, yeah, yeah. Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> um who was like a, a newspaper guy i don't know that much about him um but yeah kane was like based on this real guy um, criticizing him and afterwards the guy tried to shut the film down and everything yeah yeah TV Chose was like this was the worst mistake of Thingy's life like having that one line in that's like oh yeah Kane you're a little bit like this Hurst guy maybe which is like in the final film which I'd argue as like interesting as that is that um <laughs> Roland Barthes <laughs> but um you should like separate the text from like the paratext surrounding it and very much in um have you seen what's his face's take on glass onion uh ben shapiro's oh take no on glass onion and how like he was saying that the film is bad because it's talking about elon musk and that it's not accurate to his life when it's like that's not the point it's maybe talking about this person but the character himself is a different backstory mm. Um, we're not trying to criticise him directly. I think it's almost the same with this, where it's like, um, it can be trying to criticise this newspaper owner, 
Um, but whilst you're watching the film and analysing it, you almost have to kind of separate the two to be able to get, like, an objective reading on it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure, like, Orson, like, whoever created Citizen Kane, Orson, whatever. Um, Wells. Think, yeah, it seems like he actually hated the Hearst guy. So it seems, like, unlikely that he would keep the character the exact same. And then... Orson Wells hated everyone. Did he? Yes. Do, do you know about him? He's really famous. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe he'd be more famous if he gave himself a credit at the end of his own film. He's He's got a credit in the beginning. The title card actually says Citizen came by Orson yeah, Welles. Yeah, he, he also stole, like, half the credits. I'm pretty sure he did, like, nothing to write the script, but then got a uh, co-writing credit and, oh, and an Oscar for it as well. Um, yeah, I think the only thing he never tried to steal credits for was the, was the music. There's, a, there's actually a film about it. Oh, about the he got like really fat in his old age. No, like that... he was famous for having, like being severely overweight towards his death. Oh, yeah. Kind of followed his character in this. That's true. I'm really impressed that he was what 26 and he acted out a 26 year old and a 50 year old and an 80 year old like version of himself. That was wild. You know, sometimes when... Alex, do you want to say? Anything? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just um, thinking that like. Aside from, like, Orson Welles and, like, the person Citizen Kane, I think it's, like, slightly reflective of the, of the industry itself. Because, like, the lies filled within, like, how... I mean, most things, most industries are kind of built on the purpose of, like, making money. I mean, like, if you, like, say, like, take a random industry, like, the tanker business, right? Who really, really is, like, invested into, like, oh, I'm really into tankers, or, like, who's really there for, like, for the money, or, like, the concrete business? It's like kind of sort of similar with, in my opinion, to like uh, newspapers business. You think they don't care? I mean, I think, no, I think, I think there was like, remember that scene where he's like, oh, I want to get out of the newspaper business, like right in the beginning. Like, I mean, he was obviously doing it as a joke, but like, I think there's still like some kind of truth to it. In a way. There's quite a difference between a concrete business and a newspaper. Yeah, but like, it's still, it's still like, um, I don't know, like the reasonings behind getting into it, I guess. Mm. I feel I feel like towards like I I, I at the beginning I really believed him when he was saying like oh yeah I want to be like the one. I mean there was such hypo- hypocrisy because when he was talking about um oh I have all of these things I want to do and that are his like declaration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um at the same time he was saying you need to report on rumors. Yeah. About that woman's disappearance. Uh, so he was actually doing the opposite of what he was preaching. He was doing it at the very, very beginning. He did want to just unprofit no matter how, what he was saying. Oh, no, no. Because that makes it a less clean fall from grace if he's already being Sorry. kind of <laughs> No. Yeah. And then he gets asked, when he was doing the declaration, he gets asked, if, like, you're going to uh, follow through on these promises. And he goes, yeah, of course. And then in the party... He makes those bunch of promises, obviously as a joke, but still. Yeah. I think it's like the writer kind of like relates those two in a way. Yeah. Between between when he's saying his initial promises and yeah, what the yeah. party where all the girls come. Yeah, when he uh, makes his promises to like buy all the statues. I mean, it's obviously it's like light joking and like like heart, light, light-hearted stuff, but I think mm. there's like a connection to it because there's like promises that he's obviously not going to do and uh, sort of like foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. Do you think he would have been a good governor? Or he was, was he running for prime minister? President. <laughs> I don't think he was... Was he running for governor and then wanted to be president afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Do you think he would have been a good a good 
president. Mm. Well, he can't be worse than the other ones. In 1941. I don't know who was president in 1940. Actually, do I know who was president? Roosevelt. I don't know. No. I don't know. <laughs> huh, okay. <laughs> we should probably read up on American Exercise history. Exercise for the reader. <clears throat> like, go Google it, guys. We'll wait. Big, big, big it. It's like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> yeah. So who's the US president in 1941? That's incorrect. It's automatically incorrect. <laughs> I don't care what you said. <clears throat> okay. Um, what did you guys think of the cinematography in the film? I really liked it. Uh, especially, you know that bit when, when the, the reporter, like... Is is like looking at the first guy's story, and he um, he goes into that that like big locked room to read the book, and you can see like the rays of light coming in from the window. No, but that sounds awesome. It's such a consequence of being on film, though. Like it's really cool. You just don't get it anymore because that's literally a thing that's only possible on film is light bleeding. Mm. Um. So that's nice. I really like the one shot when um, him and his first wife are having like breakfast or dinner or some a, oh, a yeah. meal, and it like slowly like turns and backs up, and it takes such a long time for her to get into frame. And it's like the table isn't that long, but it mm. looks so long. Well, cameras like all like trig machine sized like back then. Were they like as big as this room? No. They were never as big as this room. <laughs> All, all I know is that computers used to be as big as rooms and then, and then they, they did some, some tweaking, some optimizing and then a couple of years later <laughs> got, them, got them down to phone size. No, I, like, I like the shot in the beginning when he was a, when he was a kid and doing the... Uh, when it like goes out of the window. Yes! Yeah, I like that. That, yeah. was, like, that was like really smooth. It was uh, yeah. interesting. I was watching it, I was like, when um, they were arguing about him needing money... Um, I mean, yeah, about Kane needing money to go away to do money and how, like, he's not going to have enough money, blah, blah, blah. You can literally see in the shot while they're arguing about it, right in the middle, yeah, through the yeah. window, he's just playing super happy and it's like, ah! Like, yeah, great yeah, symbolism. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I think there's... Like, you can point out all the things great about cinematography. I think there's always going to be a little bit of it that's just outdated. You think just so? Just from a perspective. What do you think were... Um, maybe Hammer disagrees because he watches a lot of old movies. <laughs> but just, like... There are maybe stylistic things that have developed as cinema has progressed as, as a medium mm. um, that just aren't in this movie. Like colour, maybe. But that's not... That's, no, no, I'm not saying that's something wrong with the movie. I'm just saying that, like, the aspect ratio and some of the framing choices and the fact that there's not, like, overly complicated camera movements because it wasn't possible for the time period mm. is, like... I think there's always going to be limitations on movies like this. Yeah, yeah. Last the last time we did like a really old movie was M, um, which was like this. And the sound randomly cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. M M was trash compared to this, like to <laughs> cinematography wise. Like there was no music. There was just like weird white noise, like that cut in and out between things. Was M ten years before this? Was it nineteen thirty one? Nineteen thirty two, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, uh, M was roughly ten years before. Um, but uh, no, but there, there's still loads of cool cinematography techniques in this film like you know how all the shots are really low down like you see yeah. from like the ground because the cameras were so big they had to like dig holes in the sets and put the cameras down there 
to get the the shots they wanted. Um, and they had to build ceilings on the sets, which most didn't have. Uh, and they, they, did, uh, sure. they did loads of tricks with, like, making really big rooms of, like, uh, even if it's, like, audiences or people at desks and stuff, where they'd have, like, normal people at the front, and then, like, as it gets back, they'd, like, put dolls and, like... Oh, my God. ...muzzles to, like, force the perspective. Damn. Did you, Alex? Sick. Ha- <laughs> Alex, how much did you enjoy the experience of watching the film? Um, oh, I mean, I usually rate films out of ten. Mm. Like overall, um, let me think. Let me think. Uh, there's not much I can compare it to, so it's kind of hard to say. Whilst mm. you're thinking, can I just rant about uh, the BBC iPlayer's version of this movie? Is it weird? The subtitles are so far yeah, off yeah, what they're yeah. actually saying. Yeah, like, yeah. they've retextual like, it's just not what they're saying. It's like slightly altered versions of the lines. Yeah. Just write down what they're saying. It's not like it's old English or anything. Just write down what they're saying. Why have you changed who's speaking? Do you understand how confusing that is for deaf people? Yeah. Also, people who want subtitles. It. I was reading the subtitles and watching the film, and it was like watching two films at once yeah. because they were wildly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. One time uh, I noticed in the subtitles when um, I'm pretty sure it was, actually, never mind, like someone was speaking in the voice of someone else and they changed the subtitles to be that person <laughs> and then changed them halfway when he said I, referring to himself. They changed it back and then changed it on the next word. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that was a bit of a subtitle mishap. Hiring that See, person. This wasn't even subtitle mishap blatantly the wrong thing written in the subtitles like there would be a conversation going on on screen and it would just be different people speaking in the subtitles like different words different dialogue different people speaking like what film are you are you trying to rewrite citizen kane how egotistical do you have to be to think you can rewrite citizen kane you stupid subtitles man just adding some some pointers to the the script get it sorted out what do you think what do you think of the fact that um, Citizen Kane is is supposed to be the best film ever? Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> no. I mean, it's good, it's good, but best film ever? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not in... It's in black and white, right? Obviously, I know, Hanma, you love old films, <laughs> but you have to appreciate the advances in technology and, like... You can't just remain. Oh, you can't just say, oh, because it's um, because you didn't have access to that technology. It can't. You can't judge it off that. Well, you can judge it off that. So yeah, I have to say that's not. According to Roland Barthes. Who is Roland? I'm so confused. Death of the author guy. Oh sure, okay. Um, pieces of work exist in their own timeline, separate to ours, and therefore should be viewed um in the context of your own time reading it. Oh sure, and not thinking it's okay for 1941. Yeah, um, but does like age affect the quality of something? Why? I don't know. Just like as a philosophical question, do you think that like old movies can't possibly be the best movie because they're old and they don't have access to the same stuff? No. If 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 I was if I was to think about that, I'd only think like like as as like stuff goes on, like media like twists other like tropes that have been done before to like make stuff that's like more unique so then if you go like earlier and earlier and earlier stuff will see more and more like playing stuff straight like um 
uh, like when you read Huckleberry Finn or whatever, like this is the most boring thing in the world because like obviously this stuff is going to happen. I've seen it a million times before, but everything else is like playing off Huckleberry Finn because it's so ingrained in culture. Um, and so by that point, I was I was still really impressed. Like Citizen Kane was like surprising. Um, there and- were times where it like. The fact that it was all just disappeared. Yeah. Like, um, I was watching, I'd be like, this is, this sounds like modern dialogue. So did you really like it? I did actually, I, I think maybe there was some pacing issues, but other than that, I did thoroughly enjoy this movie. Whoa! Alex, this is, this is important because <laughs> I don't think Jess has ever said that on this podcast before. That's except not for, true. Except for first reform, the decision to leave and everything over all at once. So just some movies I picked. <laughs> <laughs> no wait, I, I was like other. I like Legally Blonde. That's true. Um, I liked what other movies that you guys picked. <laughs> well, well, still, still either way, it's it's a big deal. What did sure. you not like about the pacing? Um, I think I got bored about half. I did take a break halfway through the movie, um, and also I think the beginning newsreel. Oh my was god! Too long. It was so it was too long. Oh, the movie had not won me over by that point, and I was just like, "Oh!" It, I checked the time set. It's like ten to fifteen <laughs> minutes long. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's all the like, that's the main explanation you get for his specific decline. Because in the film, you see him like being young and hopeful, and then you see him being like old and um, like turned bad. But then the, the newsreel is your only explanation for him like going from one place to the other, but I just forget about it. So it's like, oh yeah, suddenly he's this guy now. I get that, but I think they could have condensed it more. But um, Speaking about being condensed, <laughs> we have to do very okay. quick final uh, would we recommend this movie or not? And what movie would we recommend that like for people who like this? Or mm. that's like it? Uh, do we to go first? I absolutely would recommend this movie. I think it's just an amazing piece of script writing. And not only is it just important in film history, it's just, I think, an important movie. It has such a unique view on humanity, I think. Um, what would I recommend based off this? I'm going to recommend two things. First off, it's Breaking Bad, just because I think the script reminded me th- like yeah, very me much too. of Cain. Yeah, And also Marriage Story, um, which you might think, huh? But... Um, I think they share similarities not only in the script writing but in the cinematography. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would recommend this and based on this I'd say The Third Man. I would definitely recommend this and based on this I would say Breaking Bad as well. It's really similar for From Grace. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. I would say uh, The King of Comedy uh, which is kind of similar but not really. That's fair. Um, sorry for rushing the ending. Thank you for listening so much to our currently unnamed film <laughs> podcast. I've been Jessica. I've been Hanma. I've been Space. And I've been Alex. Okay,